Welcome back to the Chatterball NBA podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Deshaun. I'm here with my my guys, Rami, Chaz, Anthony, chilling in LA. <laughs> so um, we're gonna miss him, but the show must go on. But honestly, you know, it's September, the awkward time of the year. No training camp, no preseason, not even a summer league. And we're just grasping at straws here. But there were a couple things in the news that kind of caught our attention and uh, thought we could talk about the deeper issues that lead to it. First, I want to refer to Nerlens Noel suing mega agent Rich Paul for $58 million. Now, at first, I scoffed at this because <laughs> I thought you guys remember when um, they said Nerlens turned down 75 mil. Mm-hmm. Uh, before yeah. he back in Dallas. So I thought he was suing him over that. I mean, granted, he is your agent, but like, bro. But it, it's deeper than that. It's actually deeper than that. Uh, Rami, uh, do you want to just uh, dive into that since you uh, recently got uh, put on? Yeah, I mean, I was reading about it as well. I was curious to see what occurred there. We all thought Noel was crazy at the time when he turned down you know, the $70 million offer from the Mavs, especially with his recent his recent year's worth of production, minus this last year. So I realized that it wasn't even him. It was faulty, faulty um, advisement from his agent, the person who's supposed to be looking out for him, Rich Paul. Um, supposedly, um, he had just signed with Rich Paul in the summer of 17, right before um, he signed his one-year... He signed his one-year offer um, instead. Basically, Rich Paul told him that he's a $100 million man. He's worth more than the contract he had in front of him that he was being offered um, and encouraged him to like take a smaller deal so that he could sign a bigger deal in the next summer, um, in the next year. And lo and behold, you know, he broke his thumb, I want to say, that year when he was on his uh, one-year offer and – most teams lost interest and he wasn't going to be worth what he thought he was going to be worth. And you think that was that, like you think that he just lost his value and that's all he had. But in reality, it came to be known that Rich Paul was kind of like shrugging his responsibilities, ducking phone calls, not getting back to other teams that were interested in Noel for a longer term deal. So that's where the suing is coming into play in that, Nerlens is suing Rich Paul for mismanaging him, um, limiting his opportunity and thus costing him. He ended up signing what, like a $4 million offer uh, or a $5 million offer. So cost him, you know, a considerable amount of money. Right. Right. Um, And uh, you know, it's alleged it's all hearsay. I don't want to totally throw Rich under the bus, but I've have heard he's not very great with clients that aren't superstars, and that's really just unfortunate because you know all these guys is just trying to make as much money as possible for their families in their in a career that can end like that. You never know what's gonna happen, so you yeah. need, need to be making as much money as possible. <laughs> as greedy as that sounds, it's true. Um, yeah, so. Just just so we're not just like totally shitting on Rich Paul this whole episode, I want to give a, a little bit of backstory. He 
he's a he's a black man that that uh came up with his own business clutch clutch sports i believe mm-hmm. and he the main mission for his business was to give power to the players and i think he started it around lebron's decision uh, around that time uh i'm not totally sure honestly but i know it was around that time so he started out with good intentions <laughs> So uh, what's that? What's that quote? You, you either die a hero or live live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And apparently now he's the villain. So, well, you know, again, it's allegedly, but it doesn't look too good for him right there. If you think about it, Chaz. Yeah, I mean, you know, when that happened, pretty much everybody was like, "Whoa, Noel, what are you doing?" Like, they knew that was a horrible move. And I don't even think, like, since that time, the money that he's made since then is even close to the, what, like, was it 70-something mil? Yeah, he was being offered, he he had a a four-year, $70 million uh, contract on the table from the Mavericks. So what is that? Yeah. 17 and a half million per year, and that's before the cap is what it is now. So that's a ton. <laughs> that's a that's a ton. Uh. Yeah. So um definitely like a super questionable move. Um and you know I believe Noel because it's kind of crazy. Like I don't think he would have made that decision if he didn't have somebody in his ear or you know or if something wasn't going on. Uh. that's definitely a big like gaff and something against rich paul um yeah man just you know you hate to see it when guys make mistakes like that like what happened this year with dennis schroeder Mm. ridiculous i don't think he can't sue his agent though because i'm pretty sure he he's the one who made that choice yeah. Um, and also, Victor Oladipo. Mm, that's uh, yeah. A lot of people haven't talked about like him this year, but he passed up 80 a lot. Okay. Yeah, I just know it was a lot. I think Houston was going to pay him. Yeah. And but he wanted to go to Miami and. Now he's like hurt again, and yeah, it's just a mess. But you know, I'm hoping the situation with Noel and Rich Paul resolves itself, and I'm hoping it's not as bad as it seems from what we've heard. Hopefully, hopefully. Now, I mean, I'd imagine, I'd imagine if things, however things go in court, this is gonna have a you know, a potentially big effect on clutch sports and Rich Paul as a, as an agent. Cause if it turns out to be true or, you know, he ends up losing the case that in this kind of business, it's all about reputation, right? You believe the agent is going to do the, the most, the best for you that he possibly can. That's his job. And if you find out, you know, this man has cost one or two major clients, a lot of money, you probably, that's probably all you need to hear to not want to sign with that man anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And Rich, Rich is Rich has uh, some of the biggest biggest names in the business under him, LeBron James, 
Anthony Davis, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons. You know, there's there's some big names there, but I'd imagine they probably wouldn't have as many more if this comes out to be true. Interesting. Yeah, Ben Simmons, right? Hmm, I, interesting. I that I did not know. That's interesting, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, uh, LeBron being his guy, like LeBron, LeBron isn't just his client. LeBron and him are like, like, like this. They're like together. Yeah. So I see your cameras off. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> They 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 go way back and they're close. Um, but my point is like just having LeBron in your corner. I think he might be all right. <laughs> just, yeah, I think he might be all right. Look, a lot of these guys coming into the league, they grew up watching LeBron for years, so they're not gonna care about what the court, what happens in court. They're gonna listen to what LeBron says. Fair. Fair. LeBron gonna be definitely gonna be in the air, like nah, nah, bro, don't even listen to that. Come to Clutch Sports on some Suge Knight <laughs> shit. <laughs> what if the judge is the LeBron? Come fan? death row. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll see how that that one goes. Um, but so, what repercussions do you think? Since you kind of started getting into it, Rami. Well, you well you kind of did say it that some players want to sign with him. But do you think maybe the the uh, union or perhaps the league itself would take action? I don't know about the league itself, but definitely the union. I mean, is this something that the Players Association would cover, like the uh, – um, Some sort of protection against, you know, faulty dealings? Um Hmm. I, I would I would say so. I would say so. But you know, we we keep, we shouldn't be wasting time assuming. Uh, I think I think we've uh, made our point there, and uh, we'll see what happens, and we'll keep you all know, posted. But uh, it's funny that Rami mentioned Ben Simmons as one of his clients because we all know what's going on with Ben right now. And I don't want to give too much time to Ben because I don't I don't I because we just don't like the guy. We don't, like, we don't like Ben Simmons over here, but what's, what's going on with him has happened, of course, time and time again, superstar, superstar, quote unquote, star, let's call him a star. Cause even though he can't score, he does everything elite, everything else elite, but that's not going to fly in the playoffs. But I digress. Star becomes disgruntled. They ignore their contract. They don't show up to camp. They demand trades. They lower their trade value to make sure they go where they want to go. And it just had me thinking, like, what the hell is the point of a contract, though? Like, if you and I, you and I sign a contract, you guys and I sign a contract, we have to honor that or there's some serious repercussions for that. that that's what the contract is for. But yep. All I see is uh, guys getting what they want, bitching, getting what they want. Maybe they, they get a fine, like a, t- a $10,000 fine for not playing a game, for, for, for tampering or just like speaking out loud on Twitter about, I don't know, their wishes. And then they keep it pushing. And 
it's like so what are we doing here what's really the what's really the point of a contract and it's happened time and time again and it honestly it circles back to rich paul because he started giving these players the the empowerment to to speak their minds and <laughs> disregard their contracts so it's, it's just it's just funny it's just but i feel like something's got to give uh i'm not sure what's gonna happen when it's gonna happen but i feel like it's coming uh what, what do you think Chaz? Yeah, I mean, for me, like, that whole Paul George thing was kind of like... Oh, man. That moment when I was like, yeah, like, what, what's even going on anymore? So, you know, it kind of sets the tone for the league to be what it is, where, like, a bunch of people just team up all the time. Because, you know, it's easy. You just force your way out. But... The thing with Ben Simmons is, like, he's not that good. He's, you know, he's not that high value of a player where it's, like, why would we even listen to him? Nobody's going to care if, like, you send Ben Simmons wherever. So, I just – I hope Philly gets a decent return for him so, like, they look interesting because it would be a shame. That's a pretty good team and, like, if they had, like, another star, another guard star on that team, they'd probably be, like, ten times better. But, um, yeah, so hopefully something interesting happens. Um, And this whole thing, like, it's just – I just don't understand Ben Simmons. He won't shoot in the playoffs, and then he gets mad – because people are like done with him because he keeps messing up the team. But honestly, I'm gonna cut Ben some slack because like the six, it's been what, four, five years since he's been in the league. What have the Sixers been doing? Like, yeah, we see all these workout videos and, and he him draining threes in, in the off season, but like none of that matters. <laughs> if you're not going to shoot when it really counts. But they've even, I feel like the Sixers are constantly retooling their roster. Like every year they've been, they've been altering it, moving pieces around. They've kept the core, you know, the, the core three, and then they added Tobias Harris. Um, core three, who's my core three? Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. And then they added Tobias Harris. Um, and then they've been adding shooters over the years. And then they got a deep bench of like rookies. I don't know. I feel like they've done a lot to like set the man up for success. Um, but my point where I was going with it was that I I see this potentially being, a, there could potentially be a move towards like players representing themselves or like, or, or, you know, having a, some sort of final say in the matter over their own agents. Uh, maybe they stop using agents altogether. The thing, I, the thing that I see is like the players are the assets, right? And they might be able to represent themselves, but they might not know the nuances of how to craft a proper deal that works for them. Or they may, here's another one is they may over, they may overvalue themselves just like we've seen players do like Schroeder who thinks he's going to make more than what he was already making on the table. Um, that could be a potential issue I see with like players thinking they 
can't trust their agents is that they're going to start trusting their gut more. And a lot of the time they could just be wrong or overvaluing themselves. Um, and we know it's a tough market. I used to think it was easy for anybody to get a $10 million contract, but now I'm looking like a $10 million per year contract. And now I'm looking and guys like Nerlens has never even made that much. Even now after his nice ass year with the Knicks, he's only going to be making 8.8 next year um, or like nine ish. Okay. So I guess these contracts aren't as easy to just dish out as, as we think. Um, and there is a fair amount of work happening behind the scenes that players don't know about. But that's why I'm saying that the trust needs to be there with your agent because you can't have players starting to doubt the people that are paid to represent the, their best interest. That just negates the purpose of paying them in the first place. Oh, well, you, you definitely spit a lot of facts right there around me. Um, damn, where do I start with that? Yeah, players representing themselves. It, but you said it right after that. It's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. So to maintain an NBA body uh, and uh, stamina and all that, and also represent yourself in the off season, uh, that's a lot. And um, but you're right. The trust has to be there. And uh, that this Rich Paul thing definitely puts a shines a negative light on player agent relations. I'm sure it's not just Rich Paul. I mean, like, come on, let's let's be real here. But he's the biggest name. And I'm sure a lot of other agents are they don't like him because he's the he's the guy right now. So yeah, he's got the most face, like uh face recognition, name value. Um, he probably pulls like pulls uh clients much easier than others. Like you said, you just show like, yo, I represent LeBron James. Look where we got him. <laughs> You know, can you doesn't LeBron name? have like a billion dollar contract with like Nike or something? Um, yeah. Like, so I can't. The only other agent I can name is the the current Knicks president, and that's the only reason I know he's an agent. He was an agent, Leon Rose, but he was actually also high profile. But I didn't. I had no idea about him. Rich Paul is that guy. So you know, when you're at the top. The only way to go is down. <laughs> so I don't want to see. I don't want to see it if it's not true. But um, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know, guys. I think. I think on that that note, you know, a quick little episode. Not much going on. No need to drag it out. But uh, yeah, I think I, I just wanted to add before we wrap up that I think you brought up a good point that this is only the one that we have heard of. You know, this is the only, okay, this is not mm -hmm. the only time this has happened, I'm sure, with the, the Rich Paul situation where he's not representing his client's best interests, but it's the only one we know about. But this could start a ripple effect of hearing more about these things or players asking more questions. Like, you know, I, I, I'd imagine a lot of them let that stuff just happen behind behind their like scene behind their backs while they're playing ball and then just expect to like sign whatever their agent like, oh, yeah, my agent did all this work for me. Like, I know that this is the best I'm going to get. But now you might have a wave of like questioning. You might see negotiations between team and players start going longer stretches of time. Um, you see it a lot in football. You know, you, players not showing up to camp. Um or or not not participating 
on a negotiation like standoff with their team and those could go on we've seen players sit out an entire season over negotiation uh conflict so I'm just saying that we could start to see, I don't know exactly what's in the clauses of the NBA contracts. Maybe they have something that doesn't allow them to, but negotiations could, could be longer, a little more bitter and standoffish. If, if, um, if we know that there's this distrust and give and take going on behind the scenes with the agents and the players, you know? So I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing, you know, a wave of new hirings or questioning who is representing them, you know, we'll, we'll need to see how this goes is what I'm saying. This is the only occasion we've heard about, but not the only occasion that's happening. I'm sure there's a lot of them. It's been, and you're totally right about the players real quick, uh, about the players and uh, just having bitter weeks long standoffs. And honestly, I want the players to feel like they have that respect, you know, because there is no product without the players. But at the same time, you signed a contract. And uh, I don't know what's in those contracts. Um, the contract is probably like 50 pages long. There might be clauses that they didn't peep. And again, that goes back to the agent. So, you know, it's, it's the rabbit hole is deep. And it's been 10 years since the last lockout. And that was mainly over the salary cap. But I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like this is like just uh, this is, is starting to boil over. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um. Anything, Chaz? Uh, nope. We guys about covered it. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, I just feel like the league needs to figure something out yeah. where we could like because as it is now. The big market teams are like dominating, and I mean the the Bucks got lucky, but how often can that happen? Not very often. I know everyone basically has penciled in, not even penciled, written in Sharpie Nets Lakers in the finals. So yeah, uh, and honestly, how can you even argue that? <laughs> yep. So something's got to give contracts, contracts, agents, players, everybody's suspect. <laughs> Basically, the whole episode in about 30 seconds. Um, so trust nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not even yourself. <laughs> nah. But this was episode. 33 of the Chatterball podcast. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, wherever you consume your podcast. We well, we've uh, been away for a while. Uh, training camp is starting up, so of course, in a few weeks, and I'm sure there'll be tons of news and drama with that. So we'll probably be back around then, but we'll see what happens. Hell yeah! And, um, you know, we really appreciate everybody holding it down for us and uh, keeping up with us. Um, we feel the love and we're giving it right back. All right, guys, signing off here. Peace. <laughs>